I'm fighting like the 1% that controls the NYPD and makes it corrupt, right? Corrupt as in they're going out and extorting places, right? Yo, this is BS. Like, this is, you know, more worse than a gang, right? Because at least in the gang, you guys are friends and you guys are hanging out and it's not like they're going to peer pressure you. You're like, oh, you don't want to do it? All right, fine, don't do it, right? Let somebody else do it, right? But whatever the case is, um, but that DOA, it's been expired there for days and it smells terribly. The body's bloated. Um, If they have a cat or whatever, the cat will be eating at it. Oh my Roaches gosh. are coming out of the eyeballs and stuff like that. Holy you try crap. to you, then the ME comes you, and you got you got to sit in the apartment. Oh my god! Right, so they'll make you no. You got to be in the apartment, right? Oh my god! Yeah, so you got to sit in the apartment with the person, and you're like, oh my god, what? The? You know, you can't even breathe. Some people. This sounds unreal to me, by the way. Lucky Boys Podcast. Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm, and we have a very special guest today, Steve Lee. He's a NYPD sergeant and a candidate for uh, assemblyman in Queens, New York. What's up, Steve? What's up, what's up? Thanks for coming by, man. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Stephen Lee, 42 years old, police officer, 15 years, born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, Flatbush. Uh, I moved to Queens about 20 years ago, Uh, so I spent half in um, Brooklyn, half in Queens. Um, Currently running for... uh, Assembly District 40, which is Flushing Whitestone against uh, Ron Kim. Yeah, man. You have a quite an interesting background. You know, Norm and I were talking yeah. prior to having you here, and we're just like, holy cow, this guy's life is like a fucking movie. It's unreal. Like, literally, if, if I was a, a filmmaker, I could take pieces of your life, just a section of it, and turn that into a two-hour film. Yeah. Right? It could be a sequel. It could be Seriously. like like a trilogy. That said... They, you know, there's a nickname. Uh, some people may know you for it. Uh, that that knows about you as uh, Asian Serpical. Yes. And uh, for those that are listening, it, it's from Frank Serpical, mm-hmm. who he was a, an Italian police officer who was a whistleblower back in was it the 70s? Yes. And I think in 73, Pacino. Al Pacino starred as uh, Frank Serpical. Yep. Yep. And uh, they made a movie out of it, and that was one of his key roles. Yeah, yeah. The reason why they gave me that nickname was um, during the investigation, during when I was undercover, they said this is like um, as big as the Knapp Commission, which is what Frank Serpical um, accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, this is like the, you know, like Asian Serpical. So it, it stuck with me from there. I actually speak to Frank Serpical regularly on Twitter DMs. We exchange messages, and oh. he actually contacts me like sometimes, just asking me about, "Hey, what's up with this guy, or what's up with that guy?" And I and I give my opinion, and you know, we talk back and forth. You know, he's a very isolated person upstate. And he likes his privacy. Um, and what yeah, is he like? Eighty mid eighties now? Eighty three? Eighty four? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, he's up there. How did that relationship well, still, like he, develop? How did it develop? It's like, I saw um, you in a newspaper. I love what you're doing. <laughs> no, no, no. So what happened was um, it developed on Twitter, right? Obviously. And I was tweeting something. Somebody tagged me. I think it was a um, lamplighter project. They tagged me and promoted my story. 
And then Frank Serpico, I guess he was just getting into Twitter at the time. And he was working with the Lamplighter Project. Mm-hmm. And he repo- he retweeted it. Oh. So then the Lamplighter Project um, reached out and said, hey, look, D. Frank Serpico just retweeted your thing. That must have been yeah. surreal for him. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, whoa, this guy is still alive? Like, <laughs> 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 so I was like, wow, that's, that's beautiful. Like, so I said, thank you for retweeting my stuff and whatever. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, at first we didn't exchange, like, I try to call him, whatever, or, or not call him, but I try to um, tag him. He won't respond or anything. Mm-hmm. But then as he saw my, my stuff progress and saw that I'm continuing to fight the system, um, he started responding, right? Because he doesn't just talk to anybody. Because right. a lot of people try to get to him to use him as a uh, co-sponsor or like take a picture with him, be like, "Hey, I'm Frank Serpico," uh, and then he he's very careful who he endorses because he doesn't want to endorse the wrong person. He knows about the systematic racism that goes on in the system. Mm-hmm. He knows about how the system is corrupt and and broken, and he's very actively still fighting that. Oh wow. wow! Yeah, he actually still goes to like conferences and stuff like that, and does interviews and stuff, and he's still actively fighting it, right? <clears throat> so, during my election, what got us like really started talking was during my election. You know, um, Ron Kim started attacking me and doxing me online, and I show Frank Serpico that right. And because people were saying I'm a dirty, corrupt cop, I'm racist, based on only because I'm a cop and I'm running against Ron Kim. Mm-hmm. So they just... Well, people as in Ron Kim's people. Ron Kim's or people. Or just general people. No, Ron Kim's people. Okay. Right. And it didn't, they didn't present any facts. Mm-hmm. They just twisted stuff around. Um, and so Frank Serpico tweeted out, when you fight corruption in NYPD like Steven and I had done, you become the target, right? Mm-hmm. And so forth and so on. We need good people like you in office, you know, Steve Lee, good luck, right? And stuff like Whoa. that. So it was a big endorsement for me. I was like, wow, yeah. that's great because a lot of politicians were endorsing me and stuff like that. He was spreading. Um, you were the new kid on the block. Right. I'm the new kid on the block. Um, he's the eight-year incumbent that went unchallenged, right? And he was spreading rumors to everybody saying that I'm a dirty, corrupt cop and that he has evidence on me, right, dirt on me, and not to endorse me because it would dirty them too if they get involved. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these politicians didn't want to get involved, right? The only person that did get involved was Donovan Richards because he believed in me. He saw what I did, and he knows that I did the right thing. So who's Donovan Richards? He's now Queensboro president. <clears throat> Oh. So he was. He is city council for Rockaways. He's also on the chairman of the public safety board that has a say with NYPD and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he ran for Queensboro president at the time. His race and my race were going at the same time. So he co-endorsed me, and I endorsed him. Mm-hmm. And he won that race. And hopefully, he wins again in in the general election and becomes um, Queensboro president. He does great work like he's actually out there in the community every day very active yeah very active 
very grounded. Even now during these times? Yes. That's even, incredible. Even now, like, you That's know, incredible. He still hangs out with the people that he began with, the people that he grew up with in the neighborhood. That's very important. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, he's still going absolutely. to their barbecues and stuff like that. You Ooh. know, like, they're still hanging out. It's wow. not like he gets on his high chair and boom, he's gone, you know? But he's still out there. So that's the reason so why grounded, I like them. He's humble. Right. So you guys immediately hit it off because you guys could see you guys have a lot in common. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's that's how me and Frank started um, talking. And during that time, like, you know, he 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 would send me a DM and I was surprised. I was like, whoa, he's sending me a DM. <laughs> Man, you know? Frank Serbico DMing you. Right. Oh, dude. Right. Cause I was like, oh, you know, can you come down or can we take pictures or can we interview you, you know, as an endorsement type of thing. So he didn't really answer to that. Right. So then one time I think his cell phone was running out of minutes or whatever. Cause he has a prepaid. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, you know, just email me. Because I don't really check my Twitter. My thing is down. I, I'm not in a rush to go out and get another card. So, you know, email me. So he gave me his email. And then, you know, I sent him the dirt on what I had on Ron Kim with facts. Actual proof. Right. You're right. not just spreading false allegations. Right. Uh, you you actually did your homework. Right. So we sent that to him. And then... You know, he looked it over, and that's when we he realized, yo, you're really fighting a corrupt guy. You, you know, I'm going to help. Frank Sarpico yeah. said that. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's like, you know, we, we, we exchange uh, DMs, and, you know, we just tweet, we just message back casually. It's, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'm walking with my wife in the middle. Like, he goes to sleep like around 10 o'clock p.m., mm-hmm. so sometimes I'm walking with my wife like around 9 or whatever. He'll be like, hey, what's up, blah, blah, you know, what do you think about this guy? And I'm like, oh, I don't really know that guy, but, you know. What I heard is this, that, and third, you know, so and so on. So he's right. like, I know it's hard to convey tone through uh, text messages and, and, and uh, electronic messages, but did you get a sense of like what he is, what he's about, certain things that, that makes him feel a certain type of way? Yes, a little bit, right? I have a, a faint idea of what he's like because I experience, um, I kind of relate to him when I, went, when I was undercover, paranoia. But not in a negative way. Careful. Careful. Very careful. Very on point. Um, so he's still very sharp at his age. Yes. Yes. Very careful. Very that's, on point. That's a lot what I'm Sus- kind of getting. Yeah. So it's like, even for me, when I when I, another cop comes up to me, but hey, how you doing? Blah. Like a person I don't know. I'll be like, who are you? You know, like, what do you want? What's yeah. your angle? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or when random people add me online. Same thing. Who do we know? That friends in common. Who are you? The street some, smart kicks in. Right. So some sometimes I'll call my friends up like, yo, what's up with this kid? What's up with this person? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's cool. He's so-and-so. Okay, cool. I'll add him. All right. Mm-hmm. Strange times we live in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's sad that he has to live like that, right? Even to this day. Like, what is it? Like 40 years later? 50 years later, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He still has to live like that. Because they're still constantly trying to retaliate against him. He just he just now got the Medal of Honor for what he did. Wow! Just like maybe Same like w- yeah, you know what? Like let, two let, weeks ago, or something let, like that. let's rewind a bit. Let's rewind a bit because I know a lot of people are coming in this and they're going, "Wait, what the fuck is all this?" <laughs> and and let's let's just rewind a little. Let's go. Let's go to Steve Lee, the undercover cop. Let's let's start from there. Like, what happened? Okay. What did you whistle? Because they, they're listening to some. They may not be hip to Steve Lee's past or or uh, Frank Serpico, 
right? Right. Yeah. They're they're coming in this very very new and fresh. To and people this and people story. might not even know who said Frank Sinatra. They haven't so. seen this movie yeah. or, or you know yet. So um, let's let's start there. The movie's called Serpico, mm-hmm. right? How Frank Serpico feels about how Al Pacino portrayed him in that movie. I think he he was upset about um, the ac- inaccuracy of the movie. Like he felt that it was Hollywood up. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's that. So with me, okay, <clears throat> became a police officer in two thousand five. Um, the reason why I became a police officer because I had my daughter in two thousand three, and um, I was actually getting paid double what I was getting paid as a police officer right at that time, and. The reason why I became a police officer because one, I like helping people, right? I actually get like a high off of it, right? Um, my mom, she's old school. She went to a fortune teller, and she was well, like, hey, "My mom did the same yeah, thing." Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. Oh, really? Yeah. It could be an Asian thing. I don't know. Yeah. So she went to the fortune teller, and she was like, "Your your life, right? Which means your life is for like an official office type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you should be a cop since you like hanging out." And you know, helping people, you may as well get paid for it. So, I had originally taken the test when I was twenty-one, when like two, in nineteen ninety-nine. But then, I was still hanging out at the time, and you know, I didn't really like the police at the time. I wasn't agree with agreeance with what they do because they used to harass us when we're playing handball and stuff like that, or we're hanging out in the corner. They used to harass us all the time. So I didn't. I wasn't down with that, right? But um, after nine eleven, it kind of changed my mind a little bit. After having my daughter and then as working in insurance, I saw that everything was numbers, 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 and politically driven, right, with numbers. And I was like, you know what? They asked, because I was a supervisor of Asian team, and they wanted me to fire somebody. And I felt bad because this guy was traveling back and forth from Canada, trying to um, get medicine for his kid and stuff like that. And I, I fought for him to get, you know, stay on. He brung up his production. They kept them. But then I was like, yo, I could be next. Right, and I have a daughter, so I can't afford that. Right, so I took the PD test again, and I became a police officer. Um, why? Because stability, right? And I figured at that time I was so naive. I thought NYPD was not politically driven. You know, it, it follows the law. This is the law, and that's that. Wrong. Like straight up, like everything was very black and white. Good, yes. good guys versus bad guys. Right. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. Culture shocked. I was so culture shocked. Like, holy shit. Everything this is, is like a, a gang. <laughs> it's worse. It's worse than a gang. Because in a gang, you guys are just hanging out and protecting the neighborhood or protecting the people back then, right? That's that's what gangs did. This, this gang, like you said, right? Production-driven. Numbers. You're not a person. You're to go out and produce numbers. Right. Like a salesperson? Like the, yes. the for a company? So every every cop had to bring in 20 summonses and one arrest every month. Holy shit. That's what happens new. when and yeah, and what happens yeah. when that doesn't happen? You get fucked with. Oh. Right? Like how? Like so, they haze you? Yes, they haze you. They flip your locker. Cause they don't they don't just they don't just mess with you. They mess with your whole squad. So that your squad will mess with you too. Be like, yo, we're getting messed with because you're not pulling your weight. You need to get, you know, you need to check yourself, right? 
And so your squad will like, yo, we're standing on these effed up foot posts. We're getting these effed up assignments because of you. You're not bringing in your numbers. Bring in your numbers, you know. And then if you continue not following that 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 um that behavior, mm-hmm. then you get bad evaluations, right? You you get messed with like, oh, you can't have this. Your uniform is out of state. Whatever, we're gonna you know give you a command discipline for that. Take away vacation days. They start punishing you. They they could do that. Take away vacation days. That's that's how they punish you. So mm-hmm. they take away time, right? So mm-hmm. it's called command discipline. We call it CD, right? So when they give you a CD, it could be a Schedule A, a Schedule B, or a Schedule C now, right? So a Schedule A is for like minor infractions. You lose your ID card or you lose um, equipment, stuff like that. Um, if you lose your shield or you uh, lose a parking plaque or something like that, or you do something more serious, you could lose up to two to ten days. Um a schedule C now is like even worse now, right? So they have these tools to to punish you. And then if you try to take a day off and you need a day off, they're gonna be like, no. And then on your days off, since you don't like producing, they're gonna give you overtime, order overtime, and you have to be out in the street and you have no days off now, right? That's that's physically exhausting. Yes. So holy that's cow. how that's how they keep messing with you. So and then on top of that. They're going to, like, let's say they'll get me to get an arrest, all right? Like, somebody else in your squad to get an arrest. And then they'll dump that arrest on you. They'll find the worst kind of arrest for you to do, right? It'll be, like, a homeless man that smells and stuff like that or something really, really bad. And then they'll just assign it to you and be like, all right, now you stay with him 24-7. So now you're sitting next to a smelly homeless guy. You got to touch him. You got to search him. And then you got to take him all the way down to Central Booking and sit. And then he's going to be, you know, he they, most likely he probably has um, mental problems or something like that, right? And so now you have to take him to the, uh, the psych ward. You have to sit with him at the psych ward until they release him, which is usually like two days, right? So you have to sit with him at the psych ward until he's released. And then you take him back to the precinct. And then you have to fingerprint him. And then you have to... It's exhausting. It, they, they punish you like that. Or... Let's say there's a DOA, which is like a dead body, right? Um, a person that's deceased sitting in an apartment. Let's say something like this, right? Um, the person lives alone. So nobody's going to know until maybe a week later, a couple of days later. Well, in summer, a couple of days later. And the neighbors will call for foul odor. People will go there and realize, okay, it's a dead body. Oh. You know what? Assign it to Lee. Did it happen to you? Yeah, uh, it happens to me. So you got you got. I even got they, punished because you got punished uh, with the homelessness and and the homeless person yes. to the psych ward. And these are real stories. Got a, I, I got punished for a couple of things. So this, these are firsthand stories. Yes, Holy and God. I even got punished for his brother-in-law because he was my partner at the time, right? And he he was always like did the right thing. He he didn't follow the quota system and stuff like that. He always did the right thing. It's like whenever he saw a crime, that's when he would take action. But if he doesn't see anything, he's not going to go and look for something and make up something just for the sake of activity. Right. right? So, you know, they would they would punish me too because they're like, oh, you need to get him in line. I'm like, he's his own person. Why are you punishing me? Like, that has nothing to do with me. We're just partners. We work together, you know? Like, So, you know, after that, I'm like, yo, this is BS. Like, this is, you know more worse than a gang right 
because at least in the gang, you guys are friends and you guys are hanging out, and it's not like they're gonna pressure you. You're like, oh, you don't want to do it. All right, fine, don't do it. All right, let somebody else do it. All right, but whatever the case is, um, but that DOA has been expired there for days, and they, it smells terribly. The body's bloated. Um, if they have a cat or whatever, the cat will be eating at it. Oh my Roaches gosh. are coming out of the eyeballs and stuff like that. Holy you try crap. to you, then the ME comes you and you got you got to sit in the apartment. Oh my god! Right, so they'll make you no. You got to be in the apartment, right? Oh my god! Yeah, so you got to sit in the apartment with the person, and you're like, oh my god, what? You know, you can't even breathe. Some people. This sounds unreal to me, by the way. It, it's so it's, true. It's just, I've heard co- my cop friends tell me these these exact same stories. What? Yeah. Yes. My cop friends does not tell me anything. <laughs> The man, shoes, you, man. The shoes you, they yeah, are. You they, out, they're, they're treating me with kid gloves. Your cop friends are probably part of the machine. <laughs> so the other half is if you drink the Kool Aid, right? We call it. If you drink the Kool Aid and you go along with the system and you're part of their club, mm-hmm. you get treated on the other side of the spectrum, which is, hey, you want a day off? Yeah, no problem. We'll get so and so to cover, mm. which is somebody like me, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. Or oh yeah, you, um, they're having like a. a uh, like let's say the guy's a big baseball fan. Oh, can I do the Shea Stadium detail and stuff like that? Yeah, no problem. Take it, you know. Or um, you know, uh, it's like, hey, I, I want to work this sector because this this sector is slower. I don't have to do that much work. Yeah, no problem. Take that sector. You know, it become you become. It's much more relaxed job for you. It's it's like you get the benefits. So it's it's brainwashing you. Like they give you positive reinforcement, <clears throat> right? And negative reinforcement. Yes. And you don't have anybody messing with you. If you make if you make a mistake or you you know you slip up, they're like, oh, this is how you do it, blah blah blah. But somebody like me, they'll be like, oh, you're getting command discipline, blah blah. You find out what you did wrong. Come back to me when you find out what you did wrong, and so forth and so on. And nobody's talking to you because they associate with you. Then they get backlash also. So now you oh, get isolated shit. and f with exile them. You yeah, exclude exile. them. Yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. the worst punishment is isolation. Yes, yes. you know, I, I learned to find um, a middle ground because fortunately in the the six seven precinct where, where I worked right as a police officer, it's a busy precinct, right? And so in a busy precinct, the cops are more tight. It's more like family, right? Because it, they gotta look out for one another, right? Because there's constant shootings happening in the neighborhood and stuff like that, and it, it's a rough neighborhood. I totally get that, right? Mm-hmm. And and you become closer because those are the only the, those are the only people you can really count on to watch your back when you're out there, right? Yeah. And to come and show up to be back. Sure. Those are your brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters. Yeah, brothers and sisters. And they, we, we all, in the back of our head, knew the quota system is messed up, right? But you know what? We got to play the game. That's no one speaks out against it. No. Well, there are some. There's so many people it. that are that are against it. There Isn't are documentaries. There at least one done. police so, officer that's a Karen that's gonna like go. So, you know what? No way. So uh, let me tell you about one major person that spoke out about it. Schoolcraft, Adrian Schoolcraft. He spoke out about it. He did recordings about you know at roll call. Hey, you guys need to bring in twenty summonses. We want these kind of summonses. Now they're starting getting picky, right? Mm. And all this because of Comstat, right? So, oh, you need to bring in these kind of summonses and these kind of arrests, so, so forth and so on. So he recorded, he exposed it. What happened was he was out sick, all right? While you're out sick, you have to remain in your home, right, during your work hours. The commanding officer of the precinct 
came to his house, demanded to go inside his house. He said, no, you need a warrant. Get out of here. Yeah. Instead, they broke into his house, dragged him out of his house, and put him in the psych ward. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. Why in the psych ward? Because they said that he was acting irrational and that he's an EDP. EDP means emotion disturbed person. That's what we call um, mm-hmm. somebody who has mental problems, right? right? So they, they psyched him. The, the, psychi- uh, the, the person at the psych ward was like, hey, there's nothing wrong with him. Why you bring him here? Mm-hmm. But they did that to punish him, mm. right? And then show a record that he's crazy and stuff like that to discredit him. Oh, shit. Right? To show a track record because they're going to be like, okay, this, this officer, no, he's just disgruntled because he's not a good officer. Look. Dude, we you're literally him- blowing my mind right now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, oh, this this guy's not a good officer because he has, um, you know, um, CCRBs. He has command disciplines. He's been punished for this. Punished What's for CCRB? That. Civilian Complaint Review Board. It's, okay. a, it's a civilian thing. Mm-hmm. So, they don't really it, use yeah. that that much, right? Mm-hmm. But they use the internal system, which is why they don't reveal it. They use the internal system and it's like, oh, this person was punished for this and punished for this and punished for this before. So he's, you know, a problematic person. And look, on top of that, he's been EDP'd. He has a psych history, blah, 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 so forth and so on. Right. And then discredits him towards the media, to mm-hmm. the public. That's what they do. The character assassinate you. Another person was Edward Raymond recently from the NYPD 12, him and 12, uh, 11 officers, total of 12 officers. Wow, 12 officers. Right. Yeah. And Holy crap. They're all current police officers still on the job. Mm-hmm. Edward Raymond is now a lieutenant running for city council also. While so, being an active uh, right. police officer. Okay. He, he's still an active police officer. You can do that? Yes. Okay. Just like me. Yeah, I'm still, still active, active also. Okay. Oh, you're still active? Yeah. Okay. So he exposed the, um, the quota system and the corruption within it also. And how they were punishing him if he didn't come along with the program, like what I was telling you. So if you watch Crime and Punishment, right, it's, it's on... a documentary on Hulu. Right. And it's actually free on YouTube right now, right? So you can actually watch it for free. Crime and Punishment. Yeah. Okay. So it's Crime and then Plus Sign Punishment, right? And you'll be shocked, shocked what's going on. Because they actually documented it, like real live. Like they'll wear a mic or they'll wear like, you know, mm-hmm. a hidden video. And they got footage in the documentary. So it's not like they're making the stuff up, right? So this is, this is the culture of it. Okay, so back to me. So um, in 2013, I got promoted to sergeant, right? Because I kept on getting like bad supervisors that kept on trying to push the quota system thing on me and i was like you know what i need to get promoted and oh I'm sorry. that's quota thing is that based on who your supervisor is like is he does each one kind of no everybody manage it differently no everybody has it everyone has it. everyone has it so there's that it, same pressure across the board everywhere in nypd wow. so so it's wow it's different though for different precincts right for for busy precincts it used to be 20 and 1 20 summonses one arrest. And they all can't be parkers. Per, per month? Yeah, per, okay. per month. And they all can't be parkers. It has to be like, you know, moving violations and stuff like that or um, criminal summonses and stuff like that. That's why I got four tickets. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Especially towards the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, towards the end of the month, I got, I got killed. Yeah, yeah. end of the month or the beginning of the month. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. some people like to get, get rid of the activity beginning of the month so mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about it towards the end. 
some people wait till it's like they don't they don't really want to do it and then at the end of the month they get right. pressured to do it right and then end the month they do it right? so they gotta hustle right so other precincts like slower precincts they'll do um 20 summonses but they'll do one arrest every quarter okay all right but it's still a, there's still a quota system out there Especially during like the 250 thing when Giuliani was pushing the 250 thing, uh, or Bloomberg sorry, Bloomberg was, was pushing the the 250s a uh, stop question and frisk, mm. the stop and frisk. Yeah. yeah. So Bloomberg was pushing that hard. Well, right? that started with Giuliani, right? Giul- yeah, Giuliani and, and Bloomberg, but mm-hmm. they were pushing it hard. Where it was like you need to bring in a certain amount of stop question frisk 250s, right? And it's like. But we're not searching anybody. Like, you know, if I'm not finding anybody to search, what do you want me to do? And it's like, oh, you could find somebody on the sidewalk or every, whoever you stop, just search them or oh, pat them down. Shit, that's so that's crazy. why it started beginning. It became more of like a targeting. Right. Um, so it's like somebody that's walking street. down the street is like, all right, let's just stop this person. And, you know, and without do, any right. due cause or whatever. Exactly. Or, or these, these kids are hanging out here. Oh, you know what? They're not supposed to be hanging out here. Technically, they're blocking the sidewalk. Let's go and search them. Right, and just get the two fifties out of the way or stuff like that. So Edward Raymond exposes that also how it targets minority neighborhoods because in minority neighborhoods the shootings are up or the or the crime rate is up, but they use the two fifty as an excuse at Comstat when they ask, "Hey, what are you doing about this rising crime rate?" And they'll say, "Oh, we're you know we're, we're issuing more summonses by the broken windows law, right? Mm-hmm. The broken windows rule, which is like stop smaller crimes so it's too." Right, it would right. stop the bigger crimes. The bigger crimes, crimes yes. But the way they're doing it is, is not the correct way. What they're doing is they pressure the cops to just stop average Joe citizens. No, you have to stop the people that are actually doing crime. In the lower-income neighborhoods. Right, in the lower-income neighborhoods. So <clears throat> it's mostly like, um, black and brown neighborhoods, right? And they would stop them. You know, the, oh, we have increase of stop, question, frisk. We've been searching people, you know, and they'll say, oh, we've been searching gang members or whatever for gu- guns when we see them in the street or known perpetrators when we see them in the street. Or, um, you know, we're, we're giving out more summonses for, you know, bikes on sidewalk because they claim that these people riding bikes on sidewalks are carrying guns on them and they're riding around being lookouts or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Which is not true. Some people are just riding the bike on the sidewalk, right? <laughs> right? Because yeah. they don't want to get hit by a car. You know, because in these um, minority neighborhoods, um, they're, the roads are not fixed. There's you know? no bike lane. Right, there's no bike it's, lane. Yeah, so there's a lot of potholes. Bike on the sidewalk. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm well aware of that. Yeah, yeah, so they ride their bike on the sidewalk. So they use that. We were once told that a bike on a sidewalk summons is more valuable than a gun arrest. It was Why? Like, because at that time, that was the, the flavor, right? The hot topic. Oh, uh, the flavor of the month. Yeah. Oh. So it's like, we, we were all like, wait a second. You're telling us riding a bike on a sidewalk summons is worth more than a gun arrest? Like, I'd rather get a gun off the street than so, so stop what somebody. Ha- so what happened to Officer Raymond like right now with, with him putting this at the forefront? Is there any action being, uh, is so, this gaming momentum? So Edwin Raymond um, is gaining momentum, especially now that he's running for city council. And, you know, hopefully it will change that, right? So now... That's the quota system. He's fighting the quota system corruption. The uh, me, I'm fighting the cor- um, I don't want to say corruption, corruption, but like uh, this 
a different part of the system. Because right? that's just one part of the system. That's the number crunching part of the system, the one that brings money and income into the system. The revenue, right? right? Um, I'm fighting like the 1% that controls the NYPD and makes it corrupt, right? Corrupt as in they're going out and extorting places, right? So, all right, so let me, let me give you the story of my story. Let me get back to my story. I'm going off track. I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Um, okay. 2013 got promoted, and I want to work in a neighborhood that I, like my own community where I could help, right? And <clears throat> I got transferred to 109 precinct, which is Flushing. I was happy. It was a good commute. Um, my dream precinct because I get to help my people and you know it's where I shop whatever and stuff like that and I have friends in the neighborhood and you know it it feels good helping somebody that you know is helping somebody that that you can relate to right Mm -hmm. it's like looking out for family or something yeah you know the story there yeah Mm -hmm. so you can empathize you have a strong empathy right especially when you see a lot of police officers ignore them and, and disregard them because of communication barriers or or uh, they don't understand our culture and they don't respect us, so so forth and so on. So I felt like I was making a make making a big difference. So I became um, the conditions crime sergeant, which meant like you know uh, we did plain clothes sometimes. We'll go out, um, we dress the conditions of the precinct like uh, rims and tire jobs. Like people come over from the Bronx because the Dwight Stone Bridge is right there. Uh, people will come over from the bridge. And steal rims and tires and stuff like that, or motorcycles. Oh yeah, you know, um, yeah. or a burglary condition, whatever condition it is in a precinct, we we target that condition, to try to address it. Mm-hmm. All right, more like targeting policing, which is like, okay, this area has a high spike of robberies, right? Or downtown Flushing has a high spike high spike of um, strong arm robberies, where kids are um, misguided kids are robbing. Asian folks who are taking going to the ATM and coming out because a lot of them were business owners and they went to the bank to pay in cash. Right. 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 Carrying a lot of cash. Right. Like 30 grand in cash. Right. Right. And as they're coming out of the bank, they'll target them and, you know, steal the purse or whatever and so forth and so on. So we address certain conditions. One day I was driving my lieutenant, um, Lieutenant Robert Sung. He's Korean. He's been at that precinct for years, years. Um, one day I'm driving him to the pizza shop. And um, he goes, hey, you know, we got to get rid of this commanding officer. So I have to give you a reason why he, he would say something like that. That sounds crazy to me already. Like, yeah. That's like the, like the commanding officer of the precinct yeah. that you guys are working. Right. At. Okay. So. I have to give you a little backstory why he would say that, right? So this is the backstory of the of the one nine precinct. That's a mob shit right there. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> not this is not the first time that officers were arrested from one nine precinct for taking briberies and stuff like that for mm-hmm. corruption. All right. Um, when I would when I asked to go there, the person that helped me get there actually warned me, Steve, don't come here. I don't want you to get mixed up in anything. Um, you know, if if you do come here, you have to be very careful who, which cop you associate with and which, you know, where you associate and, you know, who you talk to, whatever. Also, it's a very hot priest right now. I think the feds have, you know, a case 
Holy whatever, shit. Right? So when I first went there, they're like, oh, watch out for over here, Casino, Main Street, you know, the, uh, the library. That camera, um, FBI is tapped into, whatever, and so forth, and so on. You know, they're watching the precinct. Because um, when I went there, like, recently, around that time, it, or a couple of years before I got there, right, um, there was two police officers. One is, um, I think, Polish, and the other one was Korean. They got arrested for um, shaking down a massage parlor. Okay. I don't know if you guys heard of that, right? No. So, from what I heard was they used to go around robbing gambling houses, right? The police officers? Yes. In what? uniform. What? Yes. So, they'll be like... Were they concerned about cameras? No, because it's this it's illegal gaming houses right oh illegal oh, okay. yeah they, they can't report it like okay. a, like a poker like let's say poker night yeah yeah yeah. I actually we we might actually have a mutual friend i don't want to mention him on camera okay right we but probably we, do yeah <laughs> we have a mutual friend that can vouch for that because he was there wow he's the one that told me the story right wow so he said they, they would come in and in uniform actively like like they come into a respond to a job Tell everybody to empty out their pockets, right? Everybody empty out their pockets, pull the cash on the table, right? Take all the cash and just leave. No arrest. They basically no just robbed everybody. Who they're going to call the cops? Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no arrest, no nothing. Yeah. And this was like a regular ding to them, right? So people were like pissed off. Like the underground people were pissed off at them already, right? Yeah. And then, <clears throat> you know, that kind of stuff was happening. So the reason why they went to this massage parlor, why this massage parlor was because they heard that they have a million dollars um, in cash in that massage parlor. It was like something else going on, something shady going on there. And they wanted to rob the place, right? So they went to that massage parlor. And they're like, where's the money? And they're like, oh, we don't have no money here. They searched the place, everything. They couldn't find the money. They said, we're going to come back and that money better be here, right? They couldn't find the money because the same person told me the story. The money was hitting in the ceiling panel. The right? ceiling panels. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they couldn't find the money. So these people now, they call internal affairs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is what happened, blah, blah, internal The f- The, the, the uh, gambling parlors and the yes. massage place call internal affairs? Right. So when they oh, call... Shit. The strong arm. Right yeah, there. when they call internal affairs, but they didn't tell them about the... I think they the, asked for they, too much. Yeah, they, they, didn't talk, they, didn't, they didn't talk about the money that was in the ceiling panel. Of course not. They were just like, we're a legit business. Oh, gosh. You know, okay. They're coming in trying to extort money from us, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So they call internal affairs. They're like, tell them to come back and tell them that you have $10,000 for them or whatever, right? And then they came back and they arrested them. <gasps> right? oh, the, the cops. So they the fell cops. for the bait. The oh, cops yeah. fell for the bait. Right. They arrested the two cops. Yeah. Now, those two cops... They were part of a conditions team, which is what I was a supervisor of after them, right? So they were part of a conditions team. That that old conditions team, that detective that I arrested, I'll tell you guys about later, mm-hmm. was part of that team. Um, the sergeant was so dirty that he actually had um, partnership in New World War. Which is on Roosevelt. New World Mall, yeah, yeah, with all the food right. and restaurants right. and so when that happened, shopping, yeah. When that happened, they he he transferred out because he didn't want to, you know, be in the heat. So he transferred out to like fleet services to lay low, to lay low, right? And sold his shares and all the businesses because he didn't want to get traced back, right? Mm-hmm. So he left. 
Um, but some of the people were still there. Like that detective was still there. So the detective originally um, was the one that introduced that sergeant into the thing. And the sergeant had eventually kicked him off. It's like, I'm the sergeant. I'm controlling. This is my operation now, right? I'm, it's my money, right? And then when that sergeant left, he was happy. And then he started moving back in, the detective, right? Controlling the area. Um, now what happened is the lieutenants, the way that the, the precinct was structured, the lieutenants ran the precinct. Not the commanding officers. The lieutenants ran the precincts. If you weren't getting along with the lieutenant, you would get the crappy assignments, like I said before. The dead body or, you know, the bad prisoner, so forth and so on. You can't get vacation days off, so on and so on. So the cops were miserable. So the cops union, the PBA, actually brung in this new commanding officer to bring out the morale. Okay. They, they hear that he's a good guy. He used to work in upstairs in the squad, in detective squad, as a lieutenant also. But now he comes back as a captain, and you know he wants to clean house and bring morale back to the cops, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> they brought him in. The lieutenants tried to get their union to bring in their own guy, right? But the cops' union is bigger, is stronger, and brought this guy in. So Conforti came in, and that's why the lieutenant was like, "We need to get rid of this guy," because. Conforti knew that something shady was going on, right? But he didn't have any evidence, whatever. But he hears it from the cops because, like, sometimes we're doing enforcement mm-hmm. and then Lieutenant Sung or Detective Yam or another um, sergeant, which is um, Sergeant Bang, right? And uh, other cops, whatever. They'll sometimes call and be like, hey, you know, what you doing? Leave that place alone. Okay, do me a favor. Let this guy go. So forth and so on. And cops were like, Yo, let me do my job. You know, if, this, if I call drugs here, I'm arresting the person. Let me do my job. Right. Right. right? So, sometimes so they, had, they, had, they were connected to some businesses. And then when they were doing the right thing, arresting the bad guy, then, hey, that's my buddy over there. And then they make a phone call. And then you're saying it was like a catch and release? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Man, that's like a movie, man. No, it is. So, yeah. Like a Batman movie, like Gotham it's, City, it's, and you see the, some of the corruption. It's worse, though. It's like, uh, have you ever seen... It's worse? Yeah, oh it's, it's... Worse than Batman, Gotham <laughs> City? I don't know about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, um, if you ever seen The Corrupter with uh, Chung Young yes. Fat? Yes, yeah. and uh, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like The Corrupter mixed with um, Internal Affairs with Andy Lau. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Kind of like that. Wow. All right. So... So check this out. He goes, hey, we need to get rid of this guy, right? And I go, oh, why don't you make a phone call, right? Call your hook or whatever. Get rid of the commanding officer. Right. Okay. So I was like, hey, why don't you make a phone call? Whatever, right? And he's like, no, that won't work. He, he's well-liked up top too, right? I mean, upper brass. Upper brass, right. yeah. Right. He's well-liked up top too. That won't work. I was like, okay, what do you, you know, so what are you talking about then? He's like, yo, Steve, man, we need to get like, one of these girls in the karaoke's to say that he raped her or something. Like right. create a false allegation? Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, so the reason why he said the karaoke's was because we used to do checks there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is everything going on? Is the fight going on? Or you have your license and stuff like that, liquor license, everything going around, everything good. I didn't know at the time he controlled some of them places. So oh. it was highly doable for him, right? Your partner? No, the oh. lieutenant. lieutenant. Oh, the lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. I would never have a partner like that. Oh, I was about to say, I was no like, way, dude. Bro. No way. So the lieutenant um, was like, hey, try to find somebody, right? I'm like, okay, sure. So I thought he was playing around. He was maybe venting. He was mad. 
right? Some sometimes people say wild things when they're mad or That's whatever, true. right? So I waited a week. Throughout the whole week, kept on bringing it up. Hey Steve, did you find a girl yet? Hey Steve, you find a girl yet? And I was like, no, no. I, I'm keep. I'm looking though. I'm looking though. So you thought it was gonna pass over, and right? He just kept. But pressing. he kept on bringing it up. So I was like, damn, this dude is serious, right? At that time, I was dating the uh, Japanese female. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a stripper, mm-hmm. and sometimes she would work in those places, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you know, she. I, I talked it over with her, and she was like, "You gotta definitely, you know, tell him, give him the heads up, you know, give the commanding officer a heads up." And I was like, you're right, because I have a guilty conscience. It was bothering the crap out of me. This guy is a family man. He comes in with his wife and kids all the time to the precinct. And, you know, he's a great guy, gentleman. He's right? a good, decent human being. Right. So why he did the lieutenant want to remove so they could do more? Be- because he was messing with their money because he was on to them, I think. Uh, right? so, so they could yeah. have Right, f- okay. because they, they, he was restricting their, their power. Like, he was... He was putting a, a ceiling losing, with how much they could earn. Well, he was losing his. They were losing his power because now the co- now the cops have the power, mm-hmm. right? And him, the commanding officer, because now it's like he's hands on. Like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. Right. Before they had free reign. Yeah. Right. Right. So they need to bring their own guy in. Get rid of this guy and bring their own guy in. Right. So, <clears throat> on top of that, they hated them. Mm-hmm. All the lieutenants hated him. A lot of them transferred out. So he's really tough on everyone. Right. The only people that stayed were people who had interests to protect there. Right. Okay. That's why they stayed. You mean the good cops? No, the, or, I mean the, the, I bad, mean the, the cur- bad lieutenants. Okay. Right. No, the cops weren't bothered at all. Okay. The cops were happy. The cops, the morale was up. The cops were like, finally, we could do our job without the lieutenants messing with us and stuff like that. We could, you know, actually do police work. Right. Okay. So whatever the case is, I, one day I knocked on his door. I go, hey, um. The lieutenant or the commander? The, the, the captain, the commander. The captain, commander, okay. So I knock on his door. I go, hey, boss, you got a minute? He's like, yeah, sure, what's up? I go, uh, look, uh, something I got to tell you, but I don't want to get involved, right? Because I know at that time, if you, if you go undercover or work with IAB, you get transferred out after that. And you didn't want that? No. And I'm like, listen, you have a hook. He has a hook. I don't have any hooks. This is my dream precinct. I love living here. Uh, I, I mean, I love working. Work, I love working here. You know, I'm helping my community. This is was something I always wanted to do, right? And it's your yeah. dream job, right? So he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it. What's up?" And I was like, "Look, somebody's trying to jam you up, which means somebody's trying to get you in trouble." Yeah, right. And he's like, "Oh, what is it?" So I could, you know, protect myself. I'm like, you know, somebody's trying to put fake rape charges on you. He's like, "Oh, okay." I think I might have an idea who it is. Like, if he's I, not even surprised. Yeah, like Holy he was shit. like, he was like, if I mention his name, just you know, give me a wink or something, right? And he's like, Sung, right? And I'm like, yeah. Well, he said Bobby, right? He said Robert. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know. He's like, all right, thanks. You know, I'll keep in mind. Thank you for the heads up. Whatever. What? That's like super right. casual. Yeah, that's not how I would have handled. I mean, he he probably he didn't know. So the commanding officer was probably like very uh, cautious too. To to you know, right, right. You but but the thing is that um, he expected it anyway. Right, right. So I walked out of his office. A week later, he calls me back into his office and he goes, "Hey, Steve, you know, um, I had to drop a log with internal affairs to protect myself, right? And internal fe- a log means like a report, right, mm-hmm. right." And internal fairness wants to know if you could get on recording. 
You yes. put you on record. Yeah. Right. Whew. And I'm like, do I have a choice? Because I, I told you I don't want to get involved. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, you don't really tell internal fears. No. Right. Ooh. And I'm like, okay. So I guess you're not asking me. You're telling me. Right. Yeah, so so goes your I'm, dream job. Yeah. So I'm, I'm being voluntold. So I was like, so what would happen though? Like, you know, what, what's going on? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Nobody would know. You know, you're just going to get the rape charge on recording and then, you know, whatever. Don't worry about it. Nobody will know. You, you can stay here. I promise you that. Whatever. Okay, cool. Internal Affairs will come to your house and they'll interview you and ask you what happened and so forth and so on. So they came. They interviewed me like maybe three times. All right, fine. They gave me devices. For a month, I'm trying to get it on recording. The first time, I, you know, I go in and I'm like, hey, what's up, Lou? How you doing? Yo, you know, I think I found, a, you know, that thing that you... you um, you want me to do like I think I found someone. He's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh shit! Because right? all the time it was him bringing it up to me. You was, must have been like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it was never. It was never me bringing it up to him. So he found it suspicious that you yeah. said something. Oh wow! So he was like, "Wow, what do you mean? What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "You know, finding a girl." And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." Did you find somebody? And I'm like, "Yeah." He was like, "Oh, okay." And then he so he kept it vague, right? So then I'm like, all right, whatever, you know? So they were like, oh, you know what? Go out and drink with him, right? And maybe he'll get drunk and, you know. He'll loosen up a little bit. Right, he'll loosen up and he'll mention it, right? And I'm like, so you want me to go hang out with this guy? (laughs) I mean, like. (laughs) But do you, but do do you, did you do that normally? It would kind of look suspicious. You know, I hung out at karaoke with my friends. Right, but not not, not, a lieutenant. No, not with him. Regularly, mm. right? So, all right, whatever. We go hang out. We go drink, right? I'm on the cover, cover now, right? So it's like, we go drink. They give me devices, you know. And I noticed that when they're out, bro, they're wild. Right. Like, you think, like, our friends are wild out there? No. They're wild. Like they're, they're, you're saying, like, they, they, they go out there, they drink hard, and then they beat people up? Or what, 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 what do you mean? No, not beat people up. They don't need to beat people up. Yeah. Because it's like, they'll go in, tell the owner come in here. The owner will come in. What's going on? Where's our service? Where's our liquor? Blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And manhandling is like real oh, straight so up gangster. Super. It's like a mob. Super gangster. No, but, but even like gangs don't even really act like that. Yeah, because they have respect. Yeah. They know the owner. They're, res- yeah. they're respectful to the they, person. They get like that if they get disrespected. Like, they or, pull them to the side. Or, or they have beef. Or they have beef. That's right. it. That's so it. It's, like if they're going in somebody else's karaoke. Right. Like, like if you get a Manhattan crew going up to like a Flushing crew. Right. And it's their spot and they know they're, they're cool. Right. Then they'll right. go in there and start right. shit. They act like a Joe Pesci and yeah, movies. exactly. So they they would go in and be like, "Yo, where's all the girls? What's going on? Yo, why are you treating us like this? Where's the service? You want problems? Whatever, blah blah." So they would get the girls for free, mm-hmm. right? And they're not good customers. They're like grabbing them, trying oh, to finger shit. them, take them to the bathroom and rape them and stuff, type of stuff. Wow. One time I walked in to the room and the lieutenant is dry humping the girl on the speaker like hard mm-hmm. and she just turns around looks at me like help me like you know and I'm oh. like what the fuck did I just walk into Damn, that's some real bad guy you know shit what I mean? so they, and then they'll, they'll do all their business in the bathroom the owner will go in the bathroom with them and then he'll come back out you know happy or whatever mm-hmm. because they're paying them off mm. right I didn't know at the time I thought it was just like yo these guys are wild yeah. like you know and I told them 
I told him to turn for I was like, yo, these guys are wild. Like, and it's not just them. It's when they go out, it's like the lieutenant, it's the detective, it's the different sergeant, it's, you know, people from Vice, it's people like a captain out there, you know, like, oh, shit. It, it's wild. And they're hanging out with gangsters. And I'm telling them, yo, they're hanging out with gangsters because I know these people, right? And they, they come, they're hanging out with gangsters and they're never paying for anything. Everything is free on the house, right? And on top of that, I think they're raping girls in the fucking bathroom and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's wild. This so, is crazy to me, man. Yeah. It's so, mind-blowing. You know what they said to me? Oh, don't worry about that. Just try to get the rape charge on, on tape. And I'm like, wait a second. I just told you it's a whole can of worms. It's, they're doing big illegal shit and all you care is a rape charge? Why is that? Because they knew, I think. They knew what was going on. They just didn't want to expose it because they knew that if they expose it, the network gets exposed, Right. And it's like it's not just um, him here. It's like Flushing Smudge. has a yeah because Flushing has a clique of cops that control Flushing, and then Eighth Avenue in Brooklyn have a um, bunch of cops that control Eighth Avenue in Brooklyn, and then Fifth Precinct has a bunch of cops that control you know Fifth Precinct. So it's all connected within the Chinatowns, right? So, it's, but it's not just Chinatowns. It's Italian neighbors, Italian neighborhoods, same thing. They have Italian cops that control, you know, Italian neighborhoods and stuff. It's it's a whole network. So it's like they have these all people set up in these places, controlling these areas, getting benefits from them, mm-hmm. right? It's like organized crime. It's like a RICO. Wait, during it's all this, like, more organized. Like what organized goes through my head? Like, aren't you concerned for your life? I I grew up in that you know kind that of, especially during that time, snitches get stitches, right? So yeah. I'm pretty sure they're looking at you like you're a snitch. You're wearing a wire. No, but they don't know. They don't know. And and I grew up around. But eventually they will know. Yeah. Like after the fact. And right. they're not going to be able to arrest everyone. Right. That's so whoever's why, left over may try to get at you. Right. So that's why, one, um, I cleared it with uh, my, my friends in the street. Right. Mm-hmm. I cleared it with certain community leaders. Right, and they're like, we don't like them. We know what they're doing. They're hurting our community. They're poisoning our community. Yeah, the street people they don't like right. the rapey stuff. I'll right. tell you, that's a that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and on top of that, they believe cops should be cops and gangsters are gangsters. Right. You can't be both. Right, right. They gave me the green same, light. Just just add same thing. Like they don't think like if you're like if you're a school kid and you try to act gangster. Right. right? Everyone, you know, like you can't be halfway in this right. life. There is no gray. It's only black and white. Right. 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 And, you know, they're like, do what you got to do. We're okay with it. We'll back you up if you get any backlash from the community. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> I actually, you know, I, I actively told them, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. They kept on saying, just worry about the rape charge. Just re- worry about the rape charge. And I go, hey, look, it's not just him. It's this cop also, this cop also, this cop also. No, no, no. Just worry about lieutenant's son. Right? Just a lieutenant. Just a rape charge. Okay, fine. A couple months go by. Um, one incident I'm working. And they tell me to do a check at uh, um, JJY, which is Jimmy Lee's place, um, on Northern Boulevard and 149th in the I, basement. I, I'm sorry. Who, who told you to do the check? Um, IA or was it the <clears throat> lieutenant? Lieutenant. So this is this is the planning behind it. 
the captain purposely pressured the lieutenant to do a check there because they knew that we hung out there sometimes, right? So the captain purposely did a check, told him to do a check there. And then the lieutenant gave the heads up to the owner, right? Mm. And told the owner, this time we're doing the check. And he told me, Steve, go at this time. Nobody's going to be there. Don't worry about it. Just go there. It's going to be clean that time. So we go there at the time to do the check. Uh, I think we were running a little late because we had like an actual real job to do. <laughs> um, we got there. There was one room, right? They had one room with customers. I told my cops, hey, go do the checks, right? They do the checks. They go, hey, Sarge, can you come here for a second? Sure. They have like three people in handcuffs. I go, oh, what do you got? Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you got? And he's like, oh, oh, you know, drugs. So they show me the ketamine, you know. Mm-hmm. There was one a female there that was a dealer and stuff. She had it in like a red home ball, red envelope, right? And, you know, she had all the drugs in there. And I look at Jimmy. I'm like, yo, I thought, didn't the lieutenant talk to you? Because I wanted to get on tape. Give them right? a heads up. Yeah. I was like, didn't the lieutenant talk to you? And didn't Yam talk to you? He's like, yeah, yeah, I was like, you're What's going on? supposed to be clean, right? Mm-hmm. What happened? And he's like, oh, oh, I don't know them, blah, 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 whatever. He knew, right? right. And he, he, he expected us not to check at all. But I'm new to the program, so I don't know this, right? right? So I call the lieutenant. I call the um, internal affairs up first, and I go, "This is what happened. What do I do? Call the lieutenant. See what he wants you to do. Maybe you can gain favor from him, right? Mm. Call the lieutenant up. He he doesn't pick up. Um, then I get a phone call back from Detective Yam, right? And because Jimmy called him, and then he called and he goes, right, "Hey, right. Steve, where you at?" I'm like, oh, I'm at, you know, so-and-so. He's like, what are you doing there? I'm like, oh, the lieutenant told me to do a check. He's like, oh, okay, you got people you're like in handcuffs or something? I was like, yeah. He's like, why? Because my cops did a check and they found drugs. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean, why? Yeah. All right? He's like, bro, they know better. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they're supposed to have their blinders on. I'm like, uh, okay. So what do you, what do you want me to do? Let him go because I don't think the lieutenant would like it because that's his place. I'm like, okay. So I call internal affairs back. I tell him what he said. They're like, yeah, yeah, let him go. I'm like, listen, these cops are good cops. They're going to let him go because they trust me to protect them, Mm -hmm. right? And if I ask them to let them go, would they be protected? They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're telling you let them go. We're internal affairs. We're giving you permission to let them go. Don't worry about it. They'll be identified, meaning protected, for letting them go, right? Because we're telling you let them go. This is important later on. Mm-hmm. So you're giving the order to yeah. let them go now. So I go and give the order to let them go. I go, hey, guys, um, you know, can you un- uncuff them? Let them go. They're like, what the fuck? Why? I'm like, because I got a phone call. He was like, let me guess, a certain white shirt? And I'm like, yeah. What's a white shirt? Um, lieutenants Lieutenant. and above wear like sh- okay. white shirts instead of blue. Okay, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Why even tell us to do checks then? Why are we even here? Blah blah blah. It's a waste of fucking time. I can't believe we can't even do our job. They get pissed off, livid. Oh, yeah. They storm out, right. pissed off. Every right, every yeah. right to every be. right, right. So then I. You know, give Jimmy shit. I'm like, yo, don't let this fucking happen again. Blah, blah, blah. Look, you know, you're causing my cops to be pissed off, whatever, and so forth and so on. Right. Next day, Detective Yam um, approaches me at the driveway of the precinct. And he's like, yo, thanks for doing that yesterday. Blah, blah, blah. You know, 
if you ever need anything, this is like a long story short, right? If you ever need anything, let me know and Jimmy will take care of you. Right? So boom. That's my ticket in. All right? Yeah. So I'm I'm telling internal affairs, look, this is what he said. I got on, on tape. Boom. I could get paid off by Jimmy. We could get him. We could trap him, right? We could prove the corruption. Oh no, no, no. Don't just worry about the rape charge. What? Exactly. So I'm like, wait, so this guy's offering to pay me off, get on the payroll. You don't want to take advantage of that? You want me to just still worry about the rape charge? You're not, you're not, you're internal fears. You know what I mean? Like, they're not trying to connect the dots here. No. Yeah. At all. Right? Don't they usually try to go for the whale? They're not trying to go for like a little. No. 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 That, that tells not me something all. like IA is IA corrupt? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Whoa. So, big whoa. story. Whoa. So, mind blown, bro. So no, what? So this I didn't see look, this look, twist. I got, I got, Plot I got twist. I, I, you're, you're destroying the ending. Oh, <laughs> spoiler, sorry. spoiler sorry. alert. Sorry, no. I'm a detective. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert. The the ending is right. Internal affairs is nothing but damage control, mm. smoke and mirrors, and PR for the NYPD. Right. Oh shit. So like, let's say, oh, um, cops are. Um, shooting black and browns or whatever, right? Okay, let's sacrifice Peter Lang. He just shot a black, a black person. Let's sacrifice Peter Lang and hang him and show that we're doing something about it. That's why they sacrificed Peter Lang, right? Peter Lang, is he the officer that shot He's the, officer. The, the guy in the projects? Right. Like his so, gun went off, so let me, let me explain. And right. yeah. So let me explain to you what happened, right? <clears throat> I grew up. I grew up in Flatbush. So I grew up around black and brown people, and I, I, I'm not racist at all. I love all people of color. You know what I mean? Like I've seen you out at the marches, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> what they did to Petey Lang though was very wrong, right? So this is what happened: the way NYPD trains you to walk up a staircase, gun out, right? In the projects, mm-hmm. anywhere, and it, but it was specifically this. Uh, just just to give people uh, that, that that are listening to this, uh, with Peter Lang, he was doing a patrol going right, up in the housing projects, projects, right? Right, and he was now, going up the the now, staircases, right? Also, keep in mind that this in this particular housing project, the walls were burned to make it dark, mm-hmm. the lights were bad, bad lighting, right. right? And what happened was, you know, he he's a rookie, he had his hand out, right. He's walk. He, I mean, he has his handgun in his hand as he was trained, right? And as he's trained to do, he's cutting the pie, right? Meaning, like, what does that mean? Like cutting the corner to, like, you know, see who's around the corner. Okay, carefully, okay, okay. Carefully going mm-hmm. up the stairs, right? right? Walking up, he gets startled though because, like, maybe uh, I think a flight up or two flights up, the door, the door slams, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's no spring or whatever. The door slams, makes a big boom noise. Right. So okay. he got startled, slipped, slipped. Backwards on the stairs, fell down, and acts. And when when you fall down, your hands on reflex clench. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. So his hand clenched, and since his finger was on a trigger, it clenched. Boom, and it let a round off. Right, that round. He didn't even see the person to shoot the person. So it's not like he aimed for somebody or saw somebody and shot them. No. That round went up, ricocheted off the wall, and hit him around the corner. 
the person. So he didn't even see anyone. No. He just heard something. He just heard something. A loud bang. Right. So he and the, got startled. Right. Pulled, while he was falling, right. he accidentally pulled the trigger, ricocheted off the project walls. And project walls, if you guys know, in the staircases, it's like, it's like hard cement yes. bricks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's Center very blocks. conducive. Yeah, yeah. Very conducive for a bullet a ricocheting right. off of it. It's so, not just going to go... It's not like a drywall where it's just going right. to go straight e- in. Even like when... We, when we're trained to when we go into a housing project don't hug the walls they tell you don't hug the wall because the bullet will ride the wall mm, and, very true right and, 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 okay. and hit very you true, yeah. Yeah. so they always tell us don't hug stay the wall from, yeah, yeah stay away from the wall like you know like give some space yeah like maybe like a foot space or something like six inches or six or foot space that's why you see cops when they go in they don't really or or or, or military or whatever when they go into like a, a setting like that a hallway they don't really hug the wall right. they're stacked they're yeah, stacked stack behind each other towards, in the yeah. middle and they, they moved together. They're stacked, right? Stacked yeah. up. So whatever the case is, it was an accident. He didn't even see the target, right? It was, mm-hmm. You can't even say target because he wasn't aiming for anything. He had no intention to let off the round, right? right? It, was, it was a natural reflex, right? Whatever. Right. But they took that. If that, was, if that was a white cop, to be honest with you, if that was a white cop that Wait, so he shot protection. He, when it ricocheted, it ended up, the bullet ended up penetrating, his bullet ended up penetrating. The person and dying. Just really bad luck. Right. Really, really bad luck. That's real shitty luck. Yeah. And that person had, was not a criminal, did not do anything wrong. There was this huge uh, backlash against... No, no idea. Like, you know, it, 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 right. should, it shouldn't matter what the, what the history is. Right. For you to get hit by a, a, a bullet, you know, it, by or, or killed... Right, you shouldn't you shouldn't look at this criminal history because right. but at a that lot time, of people do that. Right, but at that especially time, especially this day and age. Right, at that time, he's innocently walking down the stairs you know, the where he lived. Yeah, yeah, where he lived, he has every right to do that. So that that shouldn't be an issue, right? So, but the thing is that he never seen the person. Like it's just he slipped, got startled, and boom, it ricocheted off the wall and hit him around the corner. Okay. Right. So the NYPD took that and goes, "Here we go. We could throw this guy under the bus." He became the scapegoat. Yes, for all the issues, right? Racial because at that time was happening. black. Yeah, but at that time was the big Black Lives Matter movement. Also, mm-hmm. and they took that and they took Peter Lang and they sacrificed him for that. And they said, "Look, we are taking action. We're changing our policies. We're doing this, so forth and so on." And you're saying that's a PR move? Yes, because internal fears mm-hmm. went out there to investigate, mm-hmm. right? Because they have to do an investigation. I know the detective that had that case, right? And he told me himself. He went out there with the commissioners and stuff like that. They're all behind him, right? They went out there. They're walking up the staircase themselves to see the situation. And as they're analyzing the staircase and stuff, he said, look, the, the walls were all burnt, right? The lighting is bad, right? And then they heard a big bang noise also, right? right? And the ADAs and stuff like that, they're all there, right? And they, hit, they heard a big bang noise. And then they all went for their gun. Right, right. And everybody like... Oh, yeah. and if anybody knows, like in the projects, the doors are like very heavy steel. <clears throat> right, they don't have the, you know, it's it's not a soft close luxury right. the, the thing. Big, the big, and the wind, heavy doors, and there's like a wind tunnel. <clears throat> yes, a lot of the time, so it'll take that door and the momentum and really right slam it. Yeah, right. So they all went for their guns also, and the ADAs all hot hit behind the cops and stuff. Like, what the hell's going on? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like they seen it themselves right. that. Situations like that will startle somebody, and they could see ha- it happening. Why this guy? And they, they were like, "Oh, why this guy had his gun out and stuff like that." And going up the staircase, they realized, "Oh, okay, I could see why he had his gun out because you know it's dangerous, right? You don't know what's going on, whatever, and so forth and so on." So 
you know, they sacrificed him for that anyway. So even what, though after what, the investigation, what was the, uh, I guess, end result for Peter Lang? He got fired. He got fired. Was he got fired? And then I think he got. Um, they 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 did he did he get convicted? I'm not too sure. Can you can you look that up? Mo? Yeah, sure. I'm not sure he got convicted, but mm-hmm. he got fired, and now he does I think uh, security somewhere or something like that. Oh shit! Yeah, and you know it, he still gets backlashes and, and threats and stuff like that too. So it's really it's really sad that. Once NYPD throws you under the bus like that, like you're getting backlash now. You know? So, but then what happens to the Brotherhood there, though, in a situation like that? No, you know the Brotherhood only exists if you drink the Kool Aid. Oh, so you're saying Peter was probably too young or too too, too much young. Of a rookie? He, he he was a rookie. He was like the ideal candidate to just throw under the right, bus, right? Because he's Asian. One, he knows that um, it they they can't do it to a black officer because the black officer associations will come out and speak, mm-hmm. right? They can't do it to uh, a white officer because that's one of their own people, right. right? And Peter Lang, they realized that he had no connections, right? No political connections, no, no. He wasn't royalty. Yeah, he was. He, he didn't was have just, hooks. He didn't know anybody. And so, also at the time, they believed that us Asians we don't speak out, right. and they thought they could just do it and get away with it, and nobody would speak out about it. But people came out to rally for it. Right, mm-hmm. and it still got ignored. But you know what? It, and it was on the other side looking at it. Yeah, even if uh, Asians do come out and rally for it, they're you know it's not a good look on the Asians too. It's like yo, he right. shot an innocent person and killed right. him. He's That's why to be Black Lives Matter anti protested, mm-hmm. and they did an anti protest against it, and. The Asian community got backlash from that, so that's why I remember. That. And, and and now you think about it. Now you got the um, black and Asians fighting each other, dividing the community. Yeah, dividing the minority community. And guess who's on a sideline now, laughing with the original target? Mm-hmm. NYPD. The NYPD folks. They're just sitting on the side, laughing like, yeah, they're fighting amongst each other. Right, because when you fight, you guys reduce each other's power right. scales. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Comes the distraction from the bigger picture. While they're distracted, we get to do our thing here. Right, exactly. We get to continue doing our thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore. We call internal fears smoke and mirrors, right? PR. So also touching on Peter Lang, uh, he did get convicted uh, of manslaughter, right. but um, he was uh, sentenced to five years probation in yeah. community service. So they, they didn't really like hurt him, hurt him. What are you talking about? They didn't give him a jail time. You know, because most it, people, it I, remember matter, at, I remember at that time, people were saying that's not enough. Bro, Eric Garner. Right, I, 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 I'm not arguing that that listen, I'm, listen, I'm not listen, saying listen. Peter Lang got off scot free, but what I'm saying no, is he didn't there, go to jail. If, if you're saying there's a double standard, yeah, definitely there's yes, a double I'm standard. I'm not saying I'm certainly not saying that, but I'm also saying that he didn't get like the worst case scenario. He didn't get uh, he didn't go go to jail. Now, a police officer being in jail that's oh, extremely they, they, dangerous. They, they really convict a police officer yeah. and put him in jail. That's almost impossible. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's why That's why uh, people are fighting for that law to change. There's like a blanket law that protects law enforcement. Really? From, yeah. For for you to even like um, to sue them or stuff like that, there's like, like a blanket law to protect them from that. So that's why people are trying to change that. So it's pretty right. ironclad to protect a police officer from yes. getting that amount of punishment as a regular civilian would. Right. Even if they did do something like on purpose, like for example, if that was in, in a scenario like that, 
if it wasn't an accidental fall, as you say, if it was just straight up, he was just a psychopath and just ended up, you know, trigger happy trying to shoot someone. Well, the, the job would hang him for that, unless unless he's well connected. Oh wow! Right. So like, there's another situation where I think it was um, either 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 Kelly's uh, um, son or or. Like Raymond, former, Kelly, Raymond for, Kelly's son, for, or, the former commissioner. Yeah, or or somebody. It was somebody's son. It was some commissioner's son, or or the mayor's son. I'm not too sure. Right. He had a case where he had um, basically rape mm-hmm. is, is the charge, right? And he got off scot free. Wasn't it the guy? Wasn't he an, an, a news anchor? A morning I'm, I'm, I'm news not, anchor. I'm not too sure. But yes, he was the anchor, and uh, he uh, his father was was in, uh, in the police force. Right, that, yeah, I remember that case yes. on Fox because I used to watch him in the Fox, mornings when I used anchor. to get ready for work. Right, but there's another case where the son of a high-ranking officer, it probably didn't even make the news, got sexual harassment charges. Same family? No, uh-uh. it's a different situation. Okay, where this, the 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 officer was um, accused of sexual harassment and got Scott. Got off scot free. So, so what happened in that case? That everybody got off scot free. Which case though? The rape. The with, with the this commissioner. news anchor. Yeah, the news anchor. Oh, I have to look it up. I'm not. We got Google over here. We're, we're getting more sophisticated in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, everything you're saying, it's it's, it really does feel like a movie. And I'm like, if, if somebody, if I heard this from someone else, like hearsay, I would say bullshit. Like no, honestly, I would no, say, no, no, no. I, w- is- I would say, you know what? I there's no way that can possibly be true. Everything mm-hmm. that you just outlined. I would say there's no way because that's not what we're taught. Right. Growing up. That's what I thought also. Right. A lot of us are led to believe something entirely different. Mm-hmm. Entirely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you pull the covers back and you and you drop a bombshell like this, it it, it makes you go it's like right now I'm still in disbelief. Right. It is crazy to me. Yeah, so before I went on the cover, before I saw what happened, right? Um I thought internal affairs was the good square cops, they're you know they're squared away. The good cops, they go after you if you do something bad. So that's why you have to be on your p's and q's, and you can't do anything bad. You have mm-hmm. to be in check with internal affairs, right? Right. No, 